Coming up, we're going to be continuing our Nick in the 90s discussion. This week, we're talking about game shows and variety shows in this episode of Dizpop. Pop is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect vacation. Be sure to visit them on the web at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Well, hello, everybody. I am your host, Rhino Clavin, and joined in this episode, as always, Craig Williams. Hey, oi, oi. Yes, somebody actually asked about what you were actually saying. I am... If you were saying ahoy, ahoy, or ahoy, oi. I am I referencing like, Mr. Burns from The Simpsons. That is that is my thing for Dizpop. Pop. Okay. No, I, I wasn't sure either because they wrote that thing and I was like, I don't know. But the way they wrote it, I was like, it sounds to me like you wrote the same thing twice. So or, I don't know. Or I could be doing, uh, if I wanted to take it, How I Met Your Mother. I could be doing I thought the, you were being the, the captain. captain. Yeah. But, but I'm anyway, not. <laughs> yeah. The only person who can look both simultaneously happy and angry it was that what it was or murderous or something like that but anyway yeah. i actually saw a photo of harrison ford recently where they divided it right down the middle and this half of his face looked pissed and the other half looked happy listen if i could be kyle mclaughlin i would be kyle mclaughlin well i thought you were gonna say harrison ford because that's what i just said but it's fine <laughs> well kyle mclaughlin was the captain oh yeah i know yeah. i love kyle mclaughlin yeah, i don't, don't want to be harrison ford Brad? who wants to be harrison ford it seems like it'd be an okay life. You're old and grizzly, and you crash you survive planes. plane crashes, though. <laughs> but you also crash them. <laughs> yeah, true. Okay. In fact, I see your double-edged sword there. Callista Flockhart. I know. That is a downside, right? Um, well, anyway, enough of that. We have a lot to talk about in this episode. Um, and I promise this will be the last Nickelodeon episode for a little while until the Hey Arnold movie or the Rockwell's Modern Life movie, whichever comes first. I can't remember. I believe it's Hey Arnold is first. Um but um, so today we're talking about variety shows and game shows. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to start with game shows because there's quite a few and there's quite a few variety shows actually, too. But, a lot. Um, so we're just going to dive right in. And the uh, the first Nickelodeon game show ever is also one of its more popular ones, which is Double Dare. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I, I think Double Dare, it's really down between two. It's between Double Dare and Guts. Yeah, I, I, I could see that. <laughs> okay. I, well, I was debating because I was like, well, I, I don't know. But yeah, so Double Dare was the uh, the longest running of the game shows hosted by the one and only Mark Summers, who we know from um, a, another television show I'll get into in a little bit here. Um, but it ran on Nick from 1986 till 1987. And then um, it was it was one of those like they, they the, the thing that seems to be what Nickelodeon does is they get a show they produce it for like two or three constant seasons then they let it go for a while they air reruns like crazy and then people they find out whether people like it or not in the reruns and then they bring it back so yeah. that's kind of what happened here so it ran from 1986 to 87 and then from 90 1990 until 1993 and then there was a revival in 2000 double dare 2000 um so it was syndicated in the years from 89 to uh, 88 to 89 and it actually was on fox in 1988 so oh. it was on like it, i i flipped back and forth between networks so um but it um but yeah the original ran from 86 until 93 with a total of 482 episodes so quite a few episodes there um double dare 2000 ran for 67 episodes in the year 2000 which is actually quite a bit too for just just one year but yeah um 
so in case you've never seen it, you've definitely seen like a visual or maybe a reference to this. Um, also, how great would it be if like the Goldbergs, since this is a show in the 80s, went on Double Dare or something like this? I mean, I know it's ABC, so they probably the reality of that happening is slim, but I believe that was the plot of an episode that Adam and his best friend were going to try out for Double Dare and... Then they started fighting, and oh, so yeah. Adam wanted to try out with Pops. Was it Double Dare? Yeah, and they had the outfits, and yeah, and he built the he built the obstacle course. Let me double check real quick. I, I think you're right because I feel like I remember him like trying to hide the flag in the obstacle course. So, well, he, well, he checks that. Um, if you're not aware, so the, the the setup for Double Dare is it's two teams that compete to win cash and prizes by answering trivia question, uh, questions and completing uh, messy stunts or physical yep. challenges. It was Double Dare. It was Double yep. Dare. Okay, great, awesome. Yeah, well, then I was right. So I should write for the Goldbergs, but whatever. Um, but Simpsons did it. Did they? Um, I'm sure they did, but I'm, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's not creative when you come up with an idea after an episode's already been aired. <laughs> okay. Well. <laughs> to each his own. Um, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so uh, the reason why this show is kind of a big deal too is um, when it premiered, it actually tripled um, the Nickelodeon ratings, um, and it became the most watched original daily program on cable television, which is kind of a really big game changer for uh, for Nickelodeon, and it helped re- revitalize uh, game shows for like kids in general, um, which I feel like is a thing that Nickelodeon is the master of game yeah. shows for kids. So. Um, the original show, and uh, there was another one called Super Sloppy Double Dare, consisted of uh, two children, um, one on each team. Uh, two children. On, uh, I'm sorry, I miss I misspelled my sentence. That's why I was confused. <laughs> it's two children on each team, but then Family Double Dare and Double Dare 2000 had two children and two adults. Um, but each, so the whole idea is each round began with a toss up physical challenge, um, which both teams competed for. Um, and then the winning team, um, would get control of the round and they would get asked a series of questions. And if they didn't know the answer to the question, they could, um, they could dare the other team to answer and at which time that the other team would get, if they could answer or they could send it back to the other team, which would, they would get the double dare. Um, and then if they didn't know, they'd have to participate in a physical challenge. I know. It's kind of one of those things. I think a lot of people our age, they, they'll they still say, like, oh, I'll take the physical challenge. Yeah, kind yeah. of like if— You've heard it's, you, it's like vernacular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's I think a lot of people have forgotten where it's come from. It's just like, oh, no, I'll take the physical challenge. But, yeah, double dare. Yeah. Um, so— uh, the team with the highest score at the end of round two went on to the bonus round, which was the obstacle course. Um, and uh, it it's the course consisted of eight obstacles that had to be completed within 60 seconds. So each obstacle had an orange flag um, either at its end or like hidden within it. So yeah. I, you, you kind of you may or may not remember this, but it would be like a swimming pool, uh, like a kid's swimming pool filled up with um, I don't know. What do you think was in there? I always thought it was like whipped cream yeah. or something you could eat. I'm pretty sure that's what I it was. was a big fatty. The the frustrating one for me was always the the nose because there was the shroud like, of mystery. They're just up, yeah. reaching up in yeah. the nose, and it's like, are they gonna get it? Are they gonna get yeah. it? Yeah. There was actually uh, they did like a parody of this on uh, the Cleveland show. 
the long, long forgotten Seth, Seth MacFarlane uh, show with Cleveland Brown. Yeah. yeah. And they now, like, now, now, now. <laughs> and they, they did it how like Cleveland, when he was young, uh, went on double dare with his family. And like they got to like the last flag before they'd win the grand prize. And it's like the flag's literally sitting right on top of the stack of pancakes. And he couldn't find it. It's like, just keep looking through. Like, it's right there. And like, that was always the frustration with Double Dare. It's like, you always would watch and think like, okay, I think I see the flag. I think, why yeah. are they not going after the flag? It's so funny, too, because if you go back and try and watch any of it, like, what our modern definition of television is, like, I don't think kids understand. Like, we, I, this was a cable show, so it came in with crystal clear reception, but crystal, crystal clear reception was still like watching TV with, um, wax paper over the television or something like that you know what i mean like you could see it you could see it clearly but it wasn't like oh i can spot the specs in here so like imagine how frustrating it is when you're a kid and you're like i can see it why can't they (laughs) terrible kids terrible always so jealous but double dare was always one of my favorites i do feel like it was definitely one of the most syndicated so um I haven't heard of some of these. So, like, the next one was called Think Fast, um, and this aired from May 1989 until June 1991. It had two seasons, 106 episodes, hosted by Michael Carrington in season one, um, with uh, the announcer being James Iopolo. I don't know. I, just, if, I probably didn't say that right because I never say anything right. Uh, and the second season was Skip Lackey was the uh, the host, and the announcer was Henry J. Walowsko. Oh. Um, and this is because the second season, like many of the Nickelodeon shows, was moved to be filmed in our very own Orlando, Florida at the Nickelodeon Studios. And I'll tell you, doing these episodes, especially this one, I did not realize how much was actively being filmed in Orlando, Florida. And it really, really bums me out that that yeah. is not a thing anymore. Like, I don't know what happened, what took the turn, if it was Universal and Nickelodeon, because they're not really the same thing. You know, they're partnered. They were partnered. But now it's like Paramount and Nickelodeon is the partnership, I believe. But, um, but I mean, Universal still has SpongeBob stuff. But I don't know. It just is kind of a shame because nothing is actually really filmed in Florida anymore. So I would say it's... Um you know, I you don't tax breaks. Besides the a lot of the game shows that they have are either staples like Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune that just haven't gone off the air, or then you have like now that ABC has brought back their their game shows like Pyramid and stuff, but those are only limited time ones that they just run for a little quick uh, bit. But, what are you saying? I those mean, are filmed in Florida? Uh, no, no, no. I'm saying like you just don't see game shows as rel- like as prevalent as you did back. In our day, like there's, there was definitely more game shows back then than there are now. I think there was a lot more um, space on the air too back then, especially with like cable being becoming more and more popular, and even like Nickelodeon. You know, we talked about it in the first episode having so much like time. You know, remember it wasn't always its own. It wasn't. It didn't have programming to occupy the entire day, and so I, I always think like game shows. Think about how if you can find a simple formula like Double Dare. That you can just kind of get, you know, and be like, oh, that's good. Easy to film. We can do like 10 episodes a day. You yeah. know, it's easy, cheap programming. And so I don't know if that has something to do with it or maybe it's just attention span. I don't know. Who knows? The age of game shows shall return. Um, yeah, but anyway, think fast. Um, so um, the, 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 
the setup for this show is that two teams of two, one in gold, one in blue, competed in various events that would boggle the mind as well as the bodies. Um, so I just immediately imagined a giant boggle set that they shook kids <laughs> up in, um, but I don't think that would be good for insurance purposes. So, um, But the teams that competed um, each stunt, they, they won money. Um, also, the kids were not winning as much money as they thought they were. On Double Dare, it was like $10 a question. I thought it was like... These kids were loaded. <laughs> like, and on this show, it's fifty dollars for round run, hundred dollars for round two. But um, yeah, so think fast. I'm sorry, I wrote myself a note to pull up the types of games because I felt it was important, and I did not read quickly enough mm. here. Um, but uh, well, while you're doing that, um, what I've always thought, like in terms of kids' game shows and stuff, it was never really about winning money, like. The ultimate things you could ever win on a kids' game show, which we'll get to in guts, but we all know what yeah, that is. Yeah, that's like that the, ultimate the ultimate prize thing. The only other ultimate prize in my mind, which has like nothing to do with the shows we're talking about, but if you were lucky enough to win the um, like the shopping cart extravaganza through Toys oh R Us as a gosh, kid, like that's yes. what every kid wanted. You're always like, "This is the dream," and yeah. you, and sometimes they aired those, and you'd be like, "You're not grabbing enough. You're not." Swiping with your arms. You take your arm and you run down the shelf with exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. These kids. Um, okay, so I now I remember why I wrote myself this note is because um, they're like Simon-type games. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like vaguely remember this because I remember – so it'd be like stuff they have to remember the sequence of things. Um it it just it was a it was a bunch of different games. It was yeah. not um, as successful. I mean, it was successful enough, but not as quite as successful. I wrote myself a note here, just so you know that uh, not that you're from this area because it was filmed in Philadelphia in season one. Yeah, complete opposite side of the yes, state. It the is. terrible yes, side yes. of yes. Pennsylvania. Well, I don't. I'm not agreeing with you about that being terrible. I'm just agreeing with you that it's the other. No, side. No, I'm. I'm. You don't have to agree. I'm saying it. It's a fact. Okay. Well, the next show was called Make the Grade, which aired from October 1989 until 1991. Three seasons, 160 episodes. The first two seasons were hosted by Lou Schneider, which if you look at it really quickly, it looks like it says Leave Leave, uh, Leave Schreiber. Yeah, so I was like, oh, wow, before Scream, that's what he was doing. Um, but they were taped uh, in a small New York studio with no live audience, but had the fake noises. Mm-hmm. It was one of those shows. Trick ya. Um, for the third... The, for the third season, excuse me, the show was moved into the newly opened Nickelodeon Studios right here, Universal Studios Florida. Um, and uh, Rob Edward took over hosting that show. Um, again, make the grade. I forgot to – I don't know why I didn't write what they what the competition was on the show. I think I was confused about this one is what it was. Um, I don't remember it, so you're going to have to do your best. No, no, no. Um, so, okay. So it it involved um, – so it, was, it, it says three contestants. Um, they were each situated at either red, green, or blue desk, and they competed to answer trivia questions and acquire squares. Uh, okay. They, they got squares for a uh, – it says a 7 by 7 split flap game board. Okay. Um, and so I think they had to, like, arrange it and – make a picture or something out of it and, and figure out what it was. But there were other – there was also something called Fire Drills, um, which was the typical, like, messy stunt finale of the show, similar to, like, how Double Dare had the obstacle challenge. And yeah. this one involved them, like, running through a locker room, and the doors would open and, like, splatter things on them. I kind of remember that part of the show. But but another one that didn't really stick with me for very long, but the next one kind of did, and it didn't run nearly as long as I thought, which was Wild and Crazy Kids. Yeah. 
what, what wild and crazy kid, um, which ran from July 1990 until December 1992. Um, and it had a, a variety of hosts, my favorite being Omar Gooding. Um, but it was uh, Matt Brown, Leslie Hibbard, Corey Tyler, um, Omar Gooding, Donnie, Jeffcoat. I did like Donnie as well. Annette uh, Chavez and Jessica Gaines. There were 75 episodes. It was revived in 2002 as well. But each episode consisted of, there were three games um, with one host emceeing each game. And the teams were identified by color of the shorts they wore. It was like red team, yellow team, yeah. the blue team. I remember that. You know, I, I always thought like, oh, I'm going to get one of those shirts one day. Um, did you? No. Oh, okay. I didn't. There was even a chance for a double dare shirt once and I didn't get it. I don't know what's wrong with me. Um... But they were a lot of like, like they they referred to it as playground games. So it was a lot of like, okay, this team's gonna play tug of war across this big mud pit, and whoever gets pulled into the mud pit, you know, that team loses. Um, it kind of it was like sports games with like kind of unusual rules involved with it. It was essentially like what if you've ever had a field day at your school and you guys went outside and played like big giant team sports like this. That's what it yeah. kind of was about, you know. Um, I remember the outdoors a lot of it, so. Yeah, yeah. They were always outdoors, pretty much m- yeah. most of the time. They that's, were in, they were indoors every now and then. But yeah, that's a, that's the main reason why this show sticks out to me because I I know I watched it, but it's just I think it was because of the uniqueness with the outdoors. That's why it's still stuck in my memory. Well, I always remember them like whenever they started, the hosts were always on some sort of high platform, and everyone was below them. And I'm like, oh wow, they're really high up. How do they do this? Um, yeah. Like, oh, I'm afraid of heights. But um, Wild and Crazy Kids, that one was always fun. Um, there was, uh, the next one is called Get the Picture, which aired March 1991 until 1993, two seasons only, but 115 episodes and hosted by the one and only Mike O'Malley. Yes. Yes. Your favorite character from Glee was Kurt's dad. God, we, see, the thing is you guys aren't here to see behind the scenes where we argued for like about, I would say a solid five minutes over Mike O'Malley's career. And, you know, we went all, all over the I place. said the Mike O'Malley show. I I said yes, dear, which I couldn't think of at the time, but um, you know, that's because I watched it like in syndication all the time on TBS. But yes, Mike O'Malley really made a name for himself. He did, yeah. It was, wasn't he just in Clint Eastwood's um, the Sully movie? Yes, he was. He played one of the people on the board, on the board, yeah, questioning him, yeah, on the transportation board. But you're you're absolutely like Glee's the way to go. Yeah, yeah, duh. He had a lot um, to overcome. Yeah. Um heart attack. Did he have a heart attack? Yeah, he also had a he had a heart attack on that show. Oh, Ungly? Yeah. When? Um it was a plot. The character point did it? Oh yes he did, yeah. and they all sang the song, Yes, I remember the prayers, and then well, yeah, okay. Never mind, I remember. <laughs> also I just I just I just trapped you. What is it? Was it if what if God was one of us? <sighs> I don't remember. It was yeah, it was it was something like because Kurt was saying he didn't believe, and it was one of those episodes about, like, trying to turn Kurt around in his beliefs, and God, that show's so terrible. Um, but I watched every episode, so I am terrible, too. Um, anyway, <laughs> the show featured two teams answering questions and playing games for the opportunity to guess a hidden picture on a giant screen made up of 16 smaller screens. The show was taped at Nickelodeon Studios in Universal Studios Orlando, Florida. Mm. You're gonna say that a couple more times. I'm gonna make say it the quite drinking a bit. game. I, I, that's the word of the the show. this other podcast I listen to does that. They say the word. They don't tell you the word in the podcast. They figure it out after the podcast. So before the podcast airs, they put it on Twitter oh. or Facebook, and then that way, they you know they have the 
they have a like a word you look for, and you you drink your soda or your alcoholic beverage, whatever you choose. Kids, soda. I choose grapefruit juice. Okay. Um, well, that's terrible. So the next one, another one of my favorites, also hosted by Mark Summers. What would you do? Yeah, and I remember this one was a lot of fun. What? 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 What, what would, would you do? This one was always really cool because I feel like random people in the audience always ended up with a prize, and I was always like, I'm going to go to that show and I'm going to get a T-shirt. I was always always wanted a T-shirt. Um, Mama never bought me a T-shirt. Yeah, I mean, you've really had problems getting clothes growing up. Yeah, apparently. But anyways, uh, hosted by Mark Summers. It was only two seasons, but it was 90 episodes. But I thought this was one of those shows that was on forever because I I felt like this one was always on in repeats. Um, Again, the show was produced at Nickelodeon Studios at Universal Studios in Florida. Um, Some of the earlier segments, though, were in Universal Studios Hollywood. Okay. Um, uh, During each show, the audience viewed a previously taped segment or stock film featuring children or families or, uh, you know, whatever. Put in – all these people were put in unusual situations, and then the tape stopped right before the outcome. And um, then Mark would ask the audience to vote on what they thought was going to happen. And the votes were tallied, and then the outcome was played, and that was the show, right? I, it's not the complete show. I don't yeah. even remember that part of the show. Yeah, I don't remember that. The only thing I remember from the show is pies. And right, lots right. of pies. Because there was, there was like a little mini game or something, I think, that came out of it that was pies in the face. And you, you could go up to the wall and, you like, depending on what door you opened, like, a pie would come out in your yeah. face. Or there'd be a prize in there or whatever, you know? Um, yeah, I remember the hand would pop out. Yeah, it was – so it, it, it had, like – it had that part of the show too, so it wasn't all yeah. just the voting in the audience. They let random people in the audience come and compete in different competitions for, for that sort of stuff. So yeah, special guests, usually performers from other Universal Studios attractions, appeared on What Would You Do and picked audience members to perform gross, silly, or extraordinary stunts. Um, stunts can involve handling animals, playing with a very messy version of Twister, barefoot, painting, dancing, whatever, creating sound effects. And I remember that stuff more and more. God, Mark Summers must have just hated yep. his life. Um, uh, the next one, Nick Arcade, uh, which I don't really remember this one, um, hosted by Phil Moore. Two seasons, 84 episodes, taped at Nickelodeon Studios. Where'd you guess it? Florida. Drink. Orlando, Florida. Two teams of contestants played two initial trivia rounds, and the winner advancing to the video game zone, uh, the, with the winner advancing to the video game zone to play against the virtual video game wizard of the of the day. So they yeah. had like a Nintendo system set up, all these random systems set up, and they'd kind of play. Yeah, I, I remember this. Um, not not as huge of a fan of this one, um, but that's also because uh, you know I was watching a lot of What Would You Do and um, the next show. You that just we're really going wanted to talk pie about. in your face, didn't you? I always kind of did want a pie in oh, my face. Absolutely, because it was always the question: Well, is it just whipped cream? Is it yeah? What type of pie is? Is this? it banana is it cream? Banana cream? Yeah, Thank that's you. what I was, I was like. But yeah, so our next one, which is many people's uh, very favorites, I'm sure you you included, but um, Nickelodeon's guts. Yes. Well, Nickelodeon guts, not Nickelodeon guts, but it ran for four seasons, 160 episodes, which kind of like. I felt like this was on for a lot longer than it was. September 1992 to January 1996. And there was a revival in 2008 called uh, My Family's Got Guts. Um, I, don't, I don't know. But yeah. um, uh, so this was kind of an action sports uh, competition series hosted by none other 
than Craig's favorite Glee actor yet again, Mike O'Malley. And um, don't forget his sidekick. Yes, the the Moira Mo Cork Quirk. I, I don't know. It was just well, she was a British people, lady that yeah. I was always whenever she spoke, she was very commanding. Oh, she she had one of those those voices on a mic where like she was always kind of yelling the whole time on the microphone. Oh yeah, no, and it was always like the the way Mike O'Malley would get so intense with like his his commentary, and then it took it away. Mo, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Mo was always like, I, it's because she was British, and because she had that commanding presence, it was always very intense. Um, but each episode featured three young athletes competing against each other in four extreme versions of athletic events, culminating in a fifth and final round, which we all, anybody who ever watched the show, wanted to do. Um, it set the three competitors uh, on a race up an artificial mountain called the Agro Crag. Yeah. Um, how do you Omega think it Crag is? Or Super Agro Crag. How do you think it is growing up with the name Craig, where you just drop one letter yeah. and it becomes Crag? Because that was my life for a while. The Crag. The Crag. I'm surprised you didn't make like your Twitter handle more like Agro Crag Williams or something. I don't know. That's lame. Yours yeah, is fine. You just you insulted me. Sorry. I literally just became that kid who's like, oh, it's the Crag. Um. <laughs> Yeah, but um, the kids also won that awesome piece of the crag at the end, too. And we we Googled it. The glowing piece of an aggro crag. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, this this was always – this was cool. It it had other versions, too, because there was Global Guts, where it took the competition more internationally. I mean, just everything about the show, yeah, it it always climaxed with the aggro crag. Because, um, you know, this – it was actually – for a kid competing in this way, it was definitely a challenge trying to get up the the aggro crag. And they always had those harnesses on, too. Yeah. They had harnesses on in a lot of the competitions sometimes. But I always thought, oh, those are so cool, those harnesses that they're wearing. Like, if they fall, they'll be okay. Yeah, no, they'll be okay. These... Does, does it bum you out to know that that aggro crag was built and resided here for and no longer exists anymore? Like, it was probably in a soundstage yep. for like four years back here. Oh, absolutely. Years so, after. I mean, it would also probably upset me if I knew how small it actually was in person when you were looking at it. But I know. I feel like it's like, I, I, I for me right now, I'm like, I don't even know where they would have kept it. It was so giant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's kind of in my thoughts, too. Um, the one thing I will say always about this show, though, looking back on it and in, in my memories and stuff, I always hated any time like the, the pre-competitions leading up to the aggro crag, any time they had to do anything in a pool because it always seemed like yeah. those – just drug on like it, it took I don't, forever to get them out of yeah. there uh, why why do kids have so many problems dealing with poles i don't understand but um overall it's you know it i i think deep down it is the most important game show that uh that nickelodeon ever did it's not the one i i mean it's it's a toss-up between this and one other one that we'll talk about that that people really latch onto um but for me it was it was more about guts i think i was a guts person yeah see i don't i was i don't know either way i don't know yeah well we'll talk about the next one now so Legends of the Hidden Temple, the one that inspired the uh, made-for-TV movie, Legends of the Hidden Temple, that aired (laughs) last year on Nickelodeon, which I don't know that anybody... I remember everyone being super excited, but then I don't remember hearing anything about it. Yeah, I didn't see, like, any feedback. I'll be honest, I didn't watch it. It I didn't watch it either. I saw the... I saw the... uh, I watched the trailer for it and stuff, Mm -hmm. and it's essentially, like, the plot of the movie 
is the game show. Like, it's the kids, like, have to make it through the temple. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Um, Legends of the Hidden Temple aired on uh, Nickelodeon from September 93 until 1995. Oops, I didn't say. So three seasons, 120 episodes. Again, that temple was somewhere here at Orlando. Yeah. In Orlando. Oh, Ol- God. Olmec what are you was doing, here. Universal? I'm so angry for you destroying all these things of our childhood now. Ugh. Um, yeah, Olmec, Olmec. So the, the program centered on a temple that was filled with lost treasures that uh, the protected by mysterious Mayan temple guards. Um, Kirk Fogg was the host um, and served as the team's guide while D. Bradley Baker announced and was the voice of the talking Olmec, um, who knows the secrets behind each of the treasures in the temple. There were six teams of two kids, one boy, one girl, who competed to retrieve one of the historical facts in the temple by performing physical stunts and answering questions based on history, mythology, and geology or geography? Excuse me. Um, and they, you, Craig, you remember all their names? Um, it was the red jaguars, blue barracudas, green monkeys, orange iguanas, purple parrots, and silver snakes. Good for you. Everyone was one of them. What was what was your team? Read them again. Red jaguars. Blue barracudas, green monkeys, orange iguanas, purple parrots, silver snakes. The red one. I didn't really pick one when I was a kid, but everyone, I feel like everyone always latches on to the green, the monkeys. Oh, I was blue barracuda. It's it's always blue or green. People are always blue barracuda or the green. Every time at a Halloween party, it's everyone who thinks they're really cool and creative who's done a. Okay, and I'm not trying to insult anybody. When I first moved here in 2007, it was like one of my roommates or somebody. I think it was one of my roommates. It might have been Cameron. Um, who uh, he, it was his boyfriend. That's what it was. He was like, "Oh, I'm gonna do Legends of the Hidden Temple," and I was like, "Oh, that's really obs- like obscure enough that it, but it's really fun. Like everyone will know who you are. So you get the bike helmet, you get the knee pads, arm pads. You spray paint them gold, whatever. You get a blue T-shirt. You put the symbol on it. I mean, essentially, if you guys want this to be the arts and crafts show, I can show you how to make any of these T-shirts. It's really easy. It's you just print the stencil off online, but. And now I've seen it happen so often since then that I'm just like, I'm almost annoyed when I see well, it now. It's because it's that's easy. Really it's just all you me. have to do is wear a t-shirt. I know, like, but now I'm thinking that actually one. will be my costume yeah. this week, see, this I, week too. I make do, it not so scary I, now that I just insulted I it. I do want to say, though, the reason why I choose blue barracuda is it isn't because the color of blue. It's because, in my mind, that was always the most vicious. Like, who wants to be it's the got purple a song. parrot? Ooh, barracuda. <laughs> I know. I feel like the blue, the purple parrot's the one I see the least. Oh, the silver snakes. I think I don't ever see them, or the orange iguana. That's another one. But like the rest well, of who's it, like, you know what animal I want to be? An iguana. Well, somebody maybe. Like, like the red jaguars. A jaguar. Yeah, that's intimidating. Yeah. The blue barracuda is intimidating. The rest are just kind of like, eh, take it or leave it. Right. Yeah. Why isn't anyone ever Olmec? Um, I think it would be very heavy walking around. Just, it's a giant stone. Hey, man, we saw somebody dressed as a Thunder Mountain at D23. Anything is possible. Yeah, sure. Um, so anyway, they had different rounds to go through, the moat, the steps of knowledge, the temple games, and then the final uh, uh, challenge on the show culminated with them trying to make their way through the temple um, through uh, you know, various yeah. challenges again um, to get to the end before the other team. Can't get captured by the... Um the the temple guards of course and if you you have your um your pendant that you would win earlier you could trade that in to if one of the temple guards just happened to catch you so that way you can continue on with the maze and um you know if if you take away anything from this show it's either the team colors 
it's either Olmec or then probably the one number one thing from the show, the Shrine of the Silver Monkey, a three-piece puzzle mm-hmm. of a monkey that in the moment these kids could just they could never, never figure out how to put it, it like, together. It's three pieces. Yeah, it's like how could you watch the show once before? Look at the base. The base goes <laughs> this way. Look at the stomach. It goes this way. Look at the head. It goes this way. And then they would get them all in place, but they just wouldn't line them up perfectly. And so it would always just fall pressing apart. And pressing yeah. and pressing. Yeah. Oh, it just stressed out those kids. Just terrible, terrible kids. <laughs> Well, the next one's one of my favorites um, that I was really into. Figure it out. I was always mm-hmm. very excited when Figure It Out came on. I think I had a, like a little a thing for Summer Sanders, even though she wasn't a man. That's just uh, the celebrities too, though. Well, they always had like your favorite people because Danny Tamborelli was always on yeah. there, and I always loved Pete and Pete. Um, and uh, you know, so it was always people from the shows, yeah. and so that I always really enjoyed that. But this ran for four seasons from July '97 uh, till December '99, um, and then there was a revival that aired from July, oh, excuse me, June 2012 through July 2013. So all in all, six seasons, 218 episodes, originally recorded Universal Studios, Orlando, Florida. Drink. Uh, the revival episodes were filmed in Paramount Studios in Los Angeles. Um, in each game, from the start of round two, oh, I, sorry, I put you my, I put the, yep, notes. I put my uh, descriptions out of order. So each episode had uh, two sets of three timed rounds, um, and in uh, the panelists uh, or the 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 celebrity guests, um, they could ask yes or no questions to try and guess whatever the contestant um, who stood with Summers, whatever their talent was. For yeah. every yes answer, the panelists kept getting to ask more questions. Um, once a panelist asked questions with no answer, their turn ended, and it went on to the next person. I also really enjoyed this show because um, there was also, um, after, like, round two, uh, there was a, uh, a random person in the studio audience could get selected to win a prize. Um, and it was kind of like if one of the panelists performed a secret action that they were unaware of, like, it could be, like, if Danny turns left, yeah, then they would get slimed. I say the magic word. Yeah, they say the magic word, stuff like that. Then the person in the audience won something. And this was around the time that um, every prize on every Nickelodeon show was a Nintendo 64. Yeah. <laughs> it was always a Nintendo 64. Yeah, it's the staples. Again, um, you want to win your Toys R Us shopping spree. Mm-hmm. You want to you wanna win a Nintendo 64. And during the summer, you really want to go to Space Camp. That's like Space Camp was a big one. Yeah, <laughs> Space Camp was a big one too. Got to get me to Space Camp. Um, yes, but I always really enjoyed this episode, the show. I don't know why. I just yeah. thought I liked the brief format. I liked that there were two contestants in each episode, and it it like honestly the one I remember the most. I don't know if you have one that stands out to you, but for me, it was this girl that I think it was a girl who could stack cups, and I was like, oh, this sounds stupid. And but she was like, boom, 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 yeah, boom, that, boom, and they were insane. And I was just like. Ever since then, I've always tried to yeah, like, step that was, my cup. That was always the better part, hearing, hearing, or seeing their talent or hearing their story behind it. And, you know, it's, it, it, the, the, most of the time, the contestants really did. They were just making jokes. Like, they're, they're playing around yeah, with, they, it, with they, the questions. They knew. Like, yeah. they could figure it out. Like, I remember one episode, they accidentally figured it out within, like, two seconds, too. Yeah. He did it, like, not on purpose. Because the kid wins something if they don't figure it out. And he essentially figured out every single word. And he was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, but the next one, or the last one of the 90s, which I don't know that I really remember this, again, filmed in Universal Studios, Atlanta, Florida. Uh, one season, 26 episodes, 98 to 99, hosted by Phil Moore, is called You're On. Um, 
there, I guess this was like two two kid contestants on a remote location um, would work together to complete three tasks, each with a common theme. So the tasks involve convincing like an, uh, uh, somebody who walks by them to do something silly, like kissing a fish or playing hopscotch. Um, with one of the kids riding piggyback on them. Um, the kids had 10 minutes to do this. Performing all three tasks, they would win a prize such as a Nintendo 64. Um, and uh, failing, um, they, they still won a prize no matter what, pretty much. It was that, that day and age. But um, but anyway, yeah. So that was that was pretty much it. That was, it sounds, like I maybe, maybe remember this a little bit. I do. I have no recollection of it. I, 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 but this is kind of a shtick that's in a lot of things. It was in that Betty White comedy thing too. It was it, like this is oh, a yeah, thing no. that everybody does. No, you this know? this trope's been done many times over and yeah. over again. Uh, it, there was one that aired for a while. I don't even remember who was the host of it and did it. Where it was okay for as long. Uh, you just try to see how long you can go, and you'll win a certain amount of money for each time you make it and if you can go all the way to the end you get the grand prize i know it was on mtv but very sticky i feel like that whole mtv viacom nickelodeon family they they really they really latched onto that whole idea for a while but yeah i'm I'm glad we're moving away now from the game shows we are we're moving into variety now um which one of the variety shows actually sounds like a game show so i'm confused but but i guess variety means kind of like a little bit of everything so um that's gonna uh this one i'm gonna start with first it gets an honorable mention i mean it technically aired into the 1990 so it counts um was you can't do that on television um Oh, yeah, that uh, was no, the, and that I remember that. I don't know if you do. I remember the opening of this. It was like this one panel thing that kind of moved across the screen, but there was a siren sound, and it just like yeah. I got to be honest. I actually I never watched this until after it was over. Um, well, yeah, like, me too. I was way too young. Yeah, but like... um, but like sorry, not even until after it was over. Like until I was an adult and okay. went on YouTube and watched it. Um, it was one of those things that I. I just, I, I guess I'd never seen reruns or anything of it. I well, just, it, didn't, it didn't really rerun a lot. It, I think it did maybe until like like the early, early 90s or something. It was just one of those situations where, you know, as an adult looking back, uh, retrospective, thinking about all these things, I kept seeing that pop up everywhere. Oh, it's like, oh, the best. That's the best. That's the greatest. And it's like, I don't remember that, so yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't seek it out until I was much older. Well, it ran for ten seasons, 144 episodes. Um, it originally started airing where it was locally produced in Canada in 1979, so hey. internationally in 1981. So that explains why we didn't really see it. We were not in existence Alive. yet. Um, but it's known for Alanis Morissette was on it. Oh. Yes. Um, and actually, Bill uh, Prady, who is one of the executive producers on The Big Bang Theory, wrote several episodes of it. So your favorite, yeah. So, um, Bill Prady. But like uh, there's actually, um, if you were a big fan of, you can't do that on television. I just found out about this while I was looking this up. But um, there's a 2004 feature-length documentary called "You Can't Do That on Film" um, that was released. So that could be something interesting worth checking out. I might watch that at some point. Um, but the next one. Um, that began in 1990 is called Skate TV. That's S K eight 
Dash-TV, and it was hosted by none other than Matthew Lillard, a very young Matthew Lillard. Um, and this was a skateboard variety show that featured on-set interviews as well as off-site action segments. So there hmm. were only 13 episodes of this, and it only aired in 1999. I can't uh, imagine why. So... 1990, excuse me. Um, so not very popular. I think it was a little early on the uh, skateboard trend that took America later in the 90s. Just think if it would have been like mid-90s. The world, excuse wow. me. Yeah, that, I think the show actually probably would have been something completely different had it yeah. been later. But um, So the next, uh, the next one's called Out of Here. Um, and this is the one that kind of sounds like a game show to me, but um, it was really hard. There's not a lot of information on some of these random variety shows because I think they were just testing the waters and nobody really like kept it around or re-aired mm-hmm. it. So, um, but for, what can I? What can I? What I can gather is um, it was a lot of like it was a Nickelodeon children's game show that had kids partake in silly and wacky games. There were two teams of kids in the audience, green and purple, with all the members of the teams wearing like hats to identify what team they were on. But it also had like Craig and I watched a clip on YouTube. It had uh, a random woman talking about uh, the new trend in sneakers, which is the pump, the basketball pump on the tongue that you have to wear and pump, 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 and then push the button to release unless you're like Austin Powers and you let it blow up in your face. So <laughs> so that was that. Uh, the next one was the Nick Hit List, which ran from 91 to 92. And this was where adolescents picked their top 10 videos of the week as well as their favorite movies, TV shows, video rentals, books, and magazines. So it seems like it was kind of a TRL before TRL. The Nick, Well, that might not be before TRL. I don't know when TRL started, but Total Request Live on MTV. Um, the one after this is the Wild Side Show, which had 26 episodes, um, that aired February 92 to September 95. It was a nature show that was hosted by Jessica Duarte. Is that Dierte? Joe Dierte? Don't try to church it up, boy. Um, and Scott Tunnel, and later by Jillian Hurasawa and Gordon Michael Wulvet. Uh, It featured various wild and zoo animals with an emphasis on on education and wildlife conversation. This I kind of remember. I don't know. It could have been Animal Planet, too, so who knows. Um, Then there was Roundhouse, which is apparently a pretty popular one because this was created for SNCC. This was four seasons, 52 episodes. Each episode revolved around the any family and their problems in the daily life. The half-hour... A uh, show taped in front of a visible live studio audience, which uh, broke up into sketches, dance sequences, and musical performance by both cast members and the house band. And we watched uh, some of this, too, before the show. Yeah. You loved it. Did I? Because I don't remember loving it. Uh, it was. It, what? How did you describe it, though? Um, well, it was very bizarre. So I guess I should um, rewind back. So... Uh, I think I talked about it on last week's episode. They've been running the the SNCC block um, all all throughout August, every Saturday night. And um, on the actual date that SNCC debuted, it was like August 15th, I believe, last Tuesday. I know. Isn't that crazy? Um, Yeah. It's like we did this on purpose, but we didn't. I know. 25 years uh, before that. On that night, they aired it. And I just found, like, I was scrolling through my DVR, and I saw it the last, like, I think five minutes before 8 o'clock. That they were getting ready to, from 8 to 10 that night, they were going to run um, the original lineup, which was Clarissa, Roundhouse, um, Are You Afraid of the Dark, and I think it was Ren and Stimpy yeah, were the original Stimpy, four. Yeah. And so I, I taped them all, and I just still haven't gotten behind because I've been also Caught archiving up. them um, <laughs> uh, for future preservation on my hard drive. <laughs> Um, and because I've been doing that, it's been taking a little bit while to get through it. So, um, with Roundhouse, I was like, 
well, I'm I haven't heard of this and I don't remember it. So I I haven't watched it yet. So but before we wanted to do this, I needed to watch a little bit of it. And at first it started. I'm like, okay, well, you know, it's it's kind of like it reminds me of like an all that or in living color with the intro. It's very yeah, very poppy, very I think um, actually some of the creators from um in living color were involved in the creation of the show so yeah and so i'm like okay well that's gonna be the vibe and then they're all out on stage singing and dancing so i'm like okay definitely getting the vibe and then they just break into this skit about like family family and and like can't divorce your family you know you can divorce your wife you can divorce (laughs) a dog but you know one person you can't divorce your family and and then it's like it just all these. It almost was like it said they couldn't divorce. I don't, why, I don't but... know if they said that at all either. But then it broke down even further in this. Like it was almost like if someone was doing a Broadway show, like live, where they had to revolve the sets around and move them out, but never like the set was always the same. Just this big open studio room with the band there. Yeah, and, and then. In between sketches, then they break into song. And I don't, I apologize. I don't know if this was the weekly format of the show. This we, was, we could just pick, no, it, it, from what I understand, it was. Okay. It absolutely no sense to me. Um, it, it really felt like just something that people would mock to this day. Like, it almost feels like everyone on that show was on cocaine, too. <laughs> uh, like, because the energy level never really drops, but not in a, not in a non, not in an impressive way, but in a, like, I'm uncomfortable because there's a weird like it, it is like one of those things like you could see it mocked in a yeah. lot of stuff. Well, you know? like, in like a something sh- on Community, I could imagine it appearing on. I see it in like a, in a short form, completely different. But SNL a few years back, they started doing this recurring sketch where all these like uh, teens were putting on these like kind of alternative uh, school productions where they like just try to bring up political facts that are completely wrong like global warming more like global we don't care enough and <laughs> stuff hey, just hey like, guys come on you gotta care about the future and like that sort of a kind thing. of like things like that and then but then in between they would break so they would do these like just like one sentence sketches and then like why well, yes that is my two dads over there <laughs> deal with it yeah. and then like music comes like art on house and, theater exactly yeah. and that's that's like what this show reminded me of but ex- with like singing and dancing on the in between the sketches and then just these random things but uh yeah it's, it's i don't good, it's ugh. worth a laugh check it ugh. out yeah watch one of the youtube clips but um the next one which i remember i don't know if you remember wienerville slightly slightly hosted by mark wiener I have questions whether that's his real name. I did have a teacher whose last name was B-O-H-N-E-R. Well, we all know Matthew Wiener, so. Who's Matt Wiener? Uh, Matthew Wiener, I believe he was the person who created Mad Men. Oh. I'm probably, it's probably pronounced like Weiner. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm saying it wrong. <laughs> well, um, anyway, so um, that show ran uh, July 93 until June 94, two seasons, 62 episodes. Uh, the show was based around a giant puppet stage, which was designed to look like a city called Wienerville. Um, and the show was hosted by Mark Wiener, like I said, filmed at Nickelodeon Studios here in Universal Studios, Orlando, Florida. It was an audience participation comedy show that focused on Wiener and his puppets 
and about them making a show. So yeah. it didn't really have a lot of like really strong plots in the show. Like I kind of remember it, but I also, even as a child, I was like, this is semi-assaulting on my senses. Yeah. It's like if Mr. Rogers never left the puppetorium or whatever it was called, the village area with the train and the... It was not the puppetorium. Daniel Tiger was there. Not Daniel Tiger. Daniel Tiger is the new, the spinoff show. There's a show on currently that is a spinoff of those puppets from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. I, I feel terrible that I can't think of the name considering the college that I went to houses all of like <gasps> the archives of Mr. Rogers and the original puppets and such. Oh my goodness. Um, but anyway, I do know that Daniel Tiger is related to whoever the puppet Tiger was in, in Mr. Rogers. Um, anyway, but anyway. It, it was like... Like that, like Mr. Rogers, when he was there with the pup, it was always very like soft and calming and the room felt, this felt like someone had put an ashtray out and uh, like lit puppets on fire and put an ashtray out and then they put it on TV. I don't know why that's the emotional and visceral connection I have to the show. I didn't hate the show. I just thought it was like, it was intense and it was, it reminded me of like Conan's dog. What's that dog he does? Is it Conan that does the dog? Yeah, yeah, um, uh, Triumph, the yeah, insult it, comic it, dog. It, it almost seems like Triumph was from Wienerville. Mm. Like, that that's the vibe I get from that. But but uh, you probably remember, there was a lot of puppets. You yeah, check I, this one just, out. just slightly, but I also didn't look it up to remember it. Well, our, the next one is a favorite by many, I'm sure, which is All That. It's the oh, only one that matters. Man. Yeah, pretty much. When you think of a variety show on, on Nickelodeon, I pretty much only think of All That, but... All that ran for 10 seasons, 1994 to 2005, 168 episodes. And, Craig, do you got something to say about all that? Oh, it's – I will say, well, I've been watching a lot of all that lately because they have been playing a little lot on uh, the Splat and all that. But, oh, <laughs> I fell right into that. I already that, like it's I? a funny um, – just love Yeah, that it happened. But um, – I mean, the show, while it's goofy comedy that was, like, perfect for the kids in the 90s, um, it was a tight show. Like, was it? It was. It's, uh, I haven't rewatched old episodes yet, but I you mean, did give me some. It, it, was, it is essentially Saturday Night Live, kind of, in a, in a, in, for kids yeah. in the 90s, um, you know. Do you have a favorite sketch you remember? Uh, oh, uh, PRS Cargo, Kenan Thompson doing in the, in the bathtub wearing oh, his ha, ha. yellow <laughs> doing uh saying something in french and then uh repeating it but in english that time and it was always like that duck has really funny face yeah. <laughs> um my, my favorite was the Lori beth denberg um when she was the uh uh oh my goodness the librarian yeah the librarian yeah. that was always my favorite quiet yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, there's so many. Um, you know, you had Kel Mitchell doing uh, Repairman. I'm Repairman. Repairman, man, 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 man. This is where Good Burger spawned from, which then eventually led into the movie Good Burger. Um, just uh, so many. You, you've, and like some are really terrible, where like Lori Beth Denberg would do a recurring one where uh, she. Like, would kind of, it was almost, it felt like a weekend update, like news desk, where she would like look back and forth and read off facts that just 
it, it the always news felt, update. That, yeah. that one was my favorite. And yeah. See, well, see, I hate watching that back now. You don't like, like it? Oh gosh, that does not play. I well. just like Laurie Beth Tinberg. So anything oh, she, she was, was excellent. In, I was always yeah. happy about. But it, you know, it had Keenan Thompson, Kel Mitchell, uh, Amanda Bynes, uh, Danny Tamborelli, Nick Cannon is from this. Um, uh, and you know, I mean, I apologize. I can't think of a lot of like the original cast, but everyone, everyone remember Alicia oh, Reyes the, was yeah. on the original one. And Angelique um, Bates, Laurie yes. Beth Denberg, Katrina Johnson, Kel Mitchell, Alicia, Alicia Reyes, uh, Josh Server, and Keenan Thompson yeah. were the original cast, and then Amanda Bynes was the next to join, and then Leon. Freezon, Freezone? Yeah. Uh, Christ, Christy Knowings, Danny Tamborelli, they were part of the next phase. Then um, Nick Cannon and Mark Soule joined Gabri- Gabriel Iglesias, Chelsea Brummett, Jack Dacina, Lisa Foyles, Brian Hearn, Shane Lyons, Giovanni Samuels, Kyle Sullivan, Jamie Lynn Spears. I remember that. But wait, are, is that the same Gabriel Iglesias? Enrique's father? No, isn't there like... Oh, no, it is. It's Fluffy. Oh. Yeah. Your favorite comedian. Yeah, sure. Your mom's, right? Oh, my God. How old was he on the, when he was on the show, though? Because he's like 41 years old right now. I didn't mean, oh, my God, 41's really old. Well, I mean, it's and Nick. They, they could have, he could have been in his 30s playing with a bunch of 20-year-old kids. But um, I mean, I, yeah, I guess he would have been. He would have been like 30, or he would have been late 20s. Yeah. But, and no, I, the original cast of all that, was all that and a bag of potato chips to to really get in the 90s there um like josh server he's so so funny and like everything they did was was great on this show um i i i still have josh server he was he the detective in that skit like that was always the bad detective Yes. Remember the detective yeah. who always show up, but like, and then like make the crime scene worse or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I remember. I liked him a lot. So he would play uh, repairman's foil um, from. Yeah. 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 No, there was a uh, so there were some other skits, just some notable ones here because I, I got the list pulled up from Wikipedia. Ask Ashley, Bag and Sag and Barry, um, <laughs> the cool dude with the baggy yeah. pants, once pulled Abraham Lincoln from his pants. <laughs> Detective Dan, that's the one I was thinking yeah. of. Um, Everyday French with Pierre Escargot. Um, it was Know Your Stars. Um, uh, Good Burger yep. is from this. Welcome to Good Burger. I already said Burger. that. Sorry, I was I was you distracted forgot. by the The Loud Librarian, Sugar and Coffee, Thelma Stump. Um, that was a later yeah. one. Uh, Vital Information and Miss Miss Pidlin. Yeah, and then uh, Keenan Thompson as a lunch lady. Yeah. I don't know. He was like channeling Chris Farley doing Lunch Lady as well there too. Um, and then yeah, when Kat- Katrina left, I think that's when Amanda Bynes came on to like replace and be the new really short squeaky girl. Angelique. Angelique. Sorry. Yeah. 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 No, no. Yeah, no, she Ange- left, and then Katrina and Alicia left right after that. Okay. Okay. So. Because so it, they they did have overlap with Amanda Bynes then. Uh, the only one who didn't have overlap with Amanda Bynes is Angelica Ange, Angelique Bates. Okay, that's a, she was the short one. Was she was in the first the, two seasons. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the short one was the other the other girl. And then Katrina, Katrina and Alicia yeah. reft after season three. They reft. Yeah. No, but I, I understand why Katrina would leave because Amanda Bynes came on and she was like, I mean, for people who. Now know Amanda Bynes is the girl who lost her mind and went crazy, um, much like many '90s stars. Uh, like 
she came on and just besides like Keenan and Kel doing amazing things, she's kind of like changed this show and changed Nickelodeon. It became about her. Yeah. I I remember when that happened. And then she went on to do another show that, well, I can talk about right now because it's the, because there's one in the middle, but um, the Amanda show, which was October 99 to September 2002. And that had Amanda Bynes, Drake Bell and Nancy Sullivan. And it featured um, John Kassir, Rachel Lee and Josh Peck. And the, it was a spinoff of all that. Um, it was, but this was like, it was like a show. The show was a show within itself. Like Amanda Bynes was always trying to like sneak onto the lot yeah. to do the show. So the show existed in this universe where she's like a character of herself, and the actors are characters of herself. So they did skits, but then they were also playing themselves in between. So it was it was interesting though. Yeah, but that's how big she was. I mean, she was so popular on all that. Just like Keenan and Kel got a spinoff. Yeah, she got a spinoff too in the same format that she worked really well on. And I mean, then from there it went on to movies. And well, she had another show that she was on for a while, right? Wasn't she with like she had a sister? Jenny McCarthy was the sister or something. Maybe that's not Amanda Bynes that I'm thinking of. I gotta look this up. Real I quick, do so. not recall that one, but you know she she did many good things like What a Girl Wants and um, what was the one where she played the uh, soccer playing girl that was dressed up like a boy. Oh my God, she's uh, the man. I love she's the man. she's the man. Channing Tatum. Sorry. Yeah, early on in and his career. She, it, it, it's sad that everything happened with her happened, but you know. That's the what I like about you was the name of the oh, show. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember? yeah, I do remember that now. It Thank was, you. It was, was her. I'm sorry. It was Jenny Garth. I'm, I said Jenna McCarthy. That was a WB show, right? Yeah. 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 Um. Well, that show in the middle that we missed out on. So I'll just talk about that really quick. And yeah, everyone loves all that. And I and I, it is one of those shows that I would I, I look forward to. It's re- all that revisiting. Yeah. It is all that. And a bag of potato chips. Yeah, the show was all that. You don't yes, we eat do it people's potato chips. Um, so you to you is the other the one the one missing show here, which aired ninety four to ninety six. It was only twenty two. Uh, excuse me, twenty episodes. It focused on um, displaying viewer submitted work and ideas in their uh, straight from you segment, where viewers were able to submit their work via email. Way out of the time in nineteen ninety six mm. here. Uh, fax. Oh, there we go. Or telephone work via mail, email, fax, or telephone. Um, it included like short stories, comic strips written by viewers that were turned into animated shorts and songs that were written and made into music videos. I kind of remember this a little bit. I do not. Um, but anyway, it was it was just one of those kind of shows. It was awesome. It was essentially like a show around the idea that we were able to start sharing content more freely. And I think they were just kind of hoping that somebody was going to send them the next gem they could rip off. Peace. Maybe they did, but but that's it. That's it. Nick Cannon did go on from all that to get his own show and then marry that um, Mariah Carey itself. I mean... Uh, right? Didn't he marry her? He did. He was married to her for a while until just a couple of years ago um, because for, for a while there, he would be like the host of the Disney Christmas Parade and then she would also perform. So it was kind of that connected connected duo they came as a uh, joint package i mean nick cannon did a the wild and out on mtv which was oh yeah very very popular um you know nick cannon got it, it's a it, drumline um he, he had a lot coming from him nickelodeon just like disney produced a lot of uh a lot of kids and i mean they're still doing it to this day um both, well, I'm, I'm really both happy for like keenan you know I just I love I love him being on SNL. Yeah. Oh, I mean, here's the thing. 
Kenan Thompson, while he's famous, I don't think anyone would say like, oh, he's he is the definition of fame, but he is the definition of he's been a working, a working actor, comedian, a working a, actor, yeah, since, since he, he was, was a, kid. a kid and is still sustained it to this day. And while he will need to continue working for many more years as a working actor to to keep himself going, at least he can be proud of him, saying like, yeah. I went from being a kid. All the way to an adult, and you know, I haven't been a face of um, falling into drugs issues with money uh, problems between my parents and mm-hmm. myself. All that he's he's kind of made it out very very easily. I don't know if that stuff's been happening in the background, but um, you know, the only blip on his career really is Fat Albert. <laughs> oh God, I forgot <laughs> that was even a thing. Um, well, I do want to give a little bit of an honorable mention because we're not going to do an episode about Nick Jr. or any of that stuff. Um, but I thought it worth noting, like, yeah, I know Eureka's Castle. I, yes, I did. See, used to see Eureka's Castle. Yes, I like the puppets from Eureka's Castle. And yes, I know it was R.L. Stein who worked on Eureka's Castle. Oh, I, I still think we should. Not not in this block because this was, this was more focused on this. But one day in time, I mean... I, I've admitted it, I think, before here, and I'm embarrassed to, but I watched Nick Jr. on days that, like, I would stay home from school and stuff way too old because yeah, you it's were what was it, on. I am older than you, and I wasn't watching it. Like, well, like, no, I guess that would make sense. Never mind. That, that would make sense. When I would be sick from school before I'd, like, put on a movie or stuff, what was on in the morning? Um, you know, you had... You had the start of some daytime TV and stuff, but then on Nick, Babar, you had Nick on. Jr. And so, yes, I I watched parts of Eureka's Castle and David the Gnome. Well, and... let's not forget about Blue's Clues, very, very popular children's show, Dora oh, yeah. the Explorer. Like, you know, see, Dora was. I know later, it's past your time, but I'm. St- I just thought. I just figured I'd acknowledge that you know they've had success in elder realms outside of what we even talked about. Oh yeah, so. no, Nick Jr. Big, 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 big. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that'll kind of wrap up our Nickelodeon discussion. To some of you, this may be great. To others of you, you may be sad, whatever. But we'll return to Nickelodeon again, like I said, when we get the Rockwell's Modern Life. I'm sure you'll want to talk about Hey Arnold, because um, I know you're a big fan of that. Um, all that kind of – and they're going through a revival right now, and there's supposedly like a Nicktoons movie being worked on, so where they're all going to be in a shared universe somehow or something, which I th- I'm, I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see what comes back, and I'm all about this revival thing. We we did look up. There was a subscription box that you can get, and I am really bummed I didn't get the first one because it had Pete's hat, Clarissa's notebook. There was, like, a piece of the aggro crag, like a little piece, and, like, all this stuff in it that was just really cool. It's like we said before we started this. It's Disney and Nickelodeon during this time period. They were just they were learning from each other. So while yeah, it's Nickelodeon, it's not it's not Disney right away. Um, Disney wouldn't in some areas of their company they wouldn't be here where they are at this day if it wasn't for the influence that Nickelodeon had and vice versa. So um, it's it's you can't ever throw away that that Nickelodeon side yes. because it is it's important to us it's important to a lot of people out there and for those of you who maybe didn't grow up with it because you were so indoctrinated indoctrinated (laughs) into disney or because you it was you know you were already older maybe give it a look back some of this stuff's hilarious reminds you of how how bad the 90s actually were (laughs) well yeah that's actually a good segue too because maybe next week i'm not i'm not Mm -hmm. sure yet we'll be talking about tgif 
which is I, I feel like because we did Saturday at Disney afternoon, we need to do TGIF because we can't talk about all these great '90s shows and not talk about like Sabrina the Teenage Witch or Step by Step I, or see, Family I hate Matters. That you bring this up and you immediately go to Sabrina. <laughs> Sabrina is Boy not Meets TGIF. World. Uh, she was TGIF. No, uh, yeah, she was after on TGIF. People stopped caring about it. She was on TGIF until she moved to UPN when TGIF was disbanded. Uh, TGIF. If you're gonna start there, you're gonna start with Family Matters, uh, Step by Step, Boy Meets Boy World. Meets World. Um, I, the Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Full House wasn't... It was a part of it, I think, at one point in time. It was... I was it Full was, House was on, like, Tuesday nights. Yeah, it was like on Blossom. a different... Yeah, so, but... Um, like, yeah, Sabrina came in late in the game. So well, let's we'll, stop throwing we'll, Sabrina we'll around. We'll talk about that. Uh, that I got a regular Salem Saberhagen over here. Am I right? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, that'll do it for this episode. But I, I do want to, you know, leave us comments. What was your favorite Nickelodeon shows? You know, did we leave some out? It's okay if they're not from this era. You can still, we still like to know what you like. Um, if you've got things you want us to talk about in the future too that's great too other outside of tgif or something that i'm overlooking because i can't believe we've overlooked tgif for as long as we have to be honest with you um or that we even got this far until we did nickelodeon but but um you know comments uh twitter like this video subscribe all that fun stuff share it with a friend um you know just ones that you trust though because you don't want them to stop being your friends because you shared something they're going to hate with them um but that will do it for this episode of Dispop.